Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over, you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Well, we've said it once. We'll say it again and again, Zach Schnitzer. They don't ask how. They ask how many. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers ugly their way to their seventh straight win to start the season. Uh, 24-10 in Edmonton tonight. Your initial thoughts, Zach. Like, this game was, it was a weird one, to put it one way. A win's a win, baby. You know, I had so many years of watching terrible, terrible Bomber football. To see them win and go 7-0, and that's awesome. They, they went on the road. It was ugly. They grounded out. They had some luck. Another Mark Leggio timely penalty. Wow. It was it was like like if Leggio doesn't take that penalty or, or if he doesn't get hit, Draw did the penalty, Bombers yeah. win that game? I'm not so sure, man. I'm like... I mean- I don't know. So that's my, but I'm going to try and I, I, we'll get to that in a second. Listen, I'm going to try and be positive because I had such a good first experience today, Darren, in a spin class with our good friend, Lefty Carroll. I was right beside Christina Big Hill at Cycle Studio. She kicked my butt hard. I didn't even know who it was beside me because they, they have it dark in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who is this lady? And I'm trying to catch up to her. And it was my first ever class, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to look like an idiot. My God. She, she, she is in shape. Adam Big Hill's wife is uh, in shape as well. Big, my sur- friend, big, big surprise. Like Adam, I don't know if there's anybody in better shape than Adam Big Hill in, in all of pro football, not just the CFL or Canada. So but, no surprise. Uh, yeah, but she was she was great, so friendly, you know, and uh, what a great family. And and Carol did an amazing job. Shout out to Carol. So I couldn't be in a bad mood. It was such a good workout. And uh, even though everyone's saying now I have a baby face, it did yeah. age a little bit, Darren. I was I wouldn't say I enjoyed watching the game, but I'm happy they won. And there were some things that I really, really liked. And just before I I stop yammering for a second, let me say the best part about that game is that it was broadcast in the Cree language. I just think that is awesome. I think we need more of that. I, I think, you know, it's bigger than football. And I just think that's super great. That that's, that's putting your money where your mouth is. And that's Victor Kui, who is just knocking it out of the park. By the way, he follows me. I don't know if he follows you, Darren. Victor Kui, the president of the of the Elks. Although someone told me it's just an algorithm. He follows people who have like more than five hundred followers. And, you got and you got all out. that. You got all that clout, right? But- <laughs> so much, so much clout. But I'm really just a lout. But but that was super cool. And uh, 
yeah, hey, a win's a win. A win's a win, man. Yeah, a win is a win. <laughs> I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, though, Zach. That uh, penalty that um, that penalty that uh, Mark Leggio drew uh, <laughs> in in the third or in the fourth quarter w- was huge, right? Like that extended the drive. That ten yard penalty um, leads to a fifteen play drive that goes only sixty two yards. But enough to get into the end zone and and put Winnipeg up, which was the final score, 24-10. I don't know if Winnipeg would have lost if that didn't happen because Edmonton didn't score any more points. The two interceptions Zach Kolaris threw tonight, the first one, maybe you could hang on him. But Edmonton went two and out. The next one, you can't hang on him. His arm got hit as he threw. It, it went into an area of the field where nobody was around except for Edmonton. Alex Jerome Carter pulls it, pulls it in. Um, and then Edmonton has like a 24-yard strike to Kenny Lawler. And then, then they go two and out. So three plays and two, they get five plays, no points, not a lot of yards outside of a Kenny Lawler catch who, you know, he was clearly motivated tonight. You saw it crystal clear, fired the F up. Oh yeah, uh, Kenny Lawler was to face his former team. Um, but, uh, regardless Edmonton didn't do enough to keep pace with the best team in the land right now. That is the seven and oh, Winnipeg blue bombers. Thanks to everybody who's joining us in the live chat. You're watching live on YouTube or Facebook. If you're watching live on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports, or click that link. Uh, you'll find it in my Twitter feed as well. Um, and then you can join the live chat, just like all these great people, uh, that are here today uh how about this uh phyllis who joins us once again as always how you doing phyllis happy to see rashid bailey get his first touchdown of the season bailey didn't have huge numbers two catches for 37 yards but i'm sure that touchdown early in the game uh felt good a 26 yard strike on just a one play drive um after the dietrich nichols interception and that pressure on taylor cornelius caused by malik clement so the defense I think really contributed almost entirely to that first touchdown Winnipeg scored. Um, but good for Rashid to get it going. He said it this week, Zach. Rashid Bailey asked, where's the production? Where's the numbers? Where have you been? What's with the slow start? It's coming. His direct yeah. quote uh, in practice earlier this week. At, yeah, so he backed it up big time. But yeah, I like how you say that. It's almost a defensive touchdown in that, you know, that. And you see this a lot in the CFL where where after a big turnover, the the a good team will take a shot, right? And he and he threw it per Zach's ball. Like Zach was off a few balls today. I, I'm not gonna dance around it. I don't think you will either. I don't think anybody's gonna say 43% was good, but when it mattered, he did what he had to do. And that was a perfect throw. I think I think the halfback was a little bit slow in, in uh, turning around to Bailey. This game almost like I'm thinking of a car uh, metaphor. Like the Bombers are, are a bright, beautiful blue Ferrari with two racing stripes for two great cups. And it's like someone stripped them down today to the bare bones and they were all rusty <laughs> and like, like blotched. Wow. And they were racing against a tractor. And they won the race, but they just barely 
across the line ahead of the big like lumbering that. tractor. Like, oh my God. Let, let's not pretend this is outside <laughs> of the norm of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this season, right? They've, you know, I like the way, I think it was Matt Dunnigan put it uh, just kind of like after the game on, on TSN's recap. Are they playing to the level of their opponents? You know, they beat Ottawa in 19-17. They go to, that's at home. Yeah. Then they go to Ottawa, they win 19-12. Hamilton comes to down, okay, good win, 26-12. They go to Beast or they they go to Toronto, they win by one on a missed convert. Yeah. That game should have gone to overtime. You never know what's going to happen in overtime. The Bombers' only loss was Zach Kolaris at quarterback. Meaningful loss was in Toronto, but they pull a win out there. They go to BC and they douse the fire of the red hot BC Lions. Great. 26-19 win over the Calgary Stampeders. And then a win tonight that, by any other account, when your quarterback goes 7 of 16 for 188 yards and turns the ball over twice, when your run game puts up less than 100 yards, when uh, you know, you're know you relying on your defense for field position, no explosion plays in, in the return game or on special teams, this should have been a loss. I would say if this was in Calgary, which the Blue Bombers oh. travel to next week in a in a fight for first place in the West. Oh yeah. Once man. again, that would be a loss. They'd be um, a freaking obliterated. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh I want to hear what you all think out there. Are you concerned about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Yeah, they're seven and oh. Feel good. Drink it in. Absolutely. But in the back of your mind, in the corner of your cynic brain the cynic corner of your brain are you worried is there concern it, it was an ugly one tonight but it seems like in my opinion i'm not concerned but i would understand why fans would be um i'm not concerned because winnipeg just plays winning football they they stay even keeled yeah. they don't get into the the bad habits of the bad body language or the oh you know here we go you know some like that's the 2013 2014 blue bombers um michael yeah. shea took over right after that time or during that time. And well, he got rid of all that. He got rid of all that negativity and, and those things that uh, football teams or pro sports teams can, can fall into some of those bad habits, you know? And, and you know, the thing that I love about the bombers, even if they win ugly is they, they, they do things right. Like teams are going to make mistakes. Like I told you in midweek and you didn't believe me, Darren, this is the one time I've had something right on you. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. You're going to have to. I got to have to because it doesn't happen often, Mr. <laughs> Professional Journalist. Who am I? Just, just, uh, I'm just a dumb fan. But listen, I said Zach Caleros wasn't going to keep that pace up on midweek. I said he's not always going to be that accurate. He's not always sure. going to be that razor sharp. And you're like, no, no, he'll he'll keep that accuracy up. But But he didn't tonight. He's 43%. Um, it's not all on Zach, of course. It's a 12-man game, or it can be a 12-woman well, game. But you're but he, against, you're playing against an opponent, you know. You're playing, playing against an opponent, defense. but 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 my my point is, you're gonna have games where where your marquee players maybe are a C plus, right? Or or the the O line tonight struggled, but but I did see Edmonton throw a lot of different schemes like like they got him with three-man pressure but they but they but they really tricked 
the the Bombers offense. I saw them r- pretend that they were going to rush five or six drop guys. Like it's Chris Jones. Like he's a good, def- he's a, he's a genius defensive coordinator. Um, it, 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 makes, it, it, yeah. it burns a hole in my gut that Deron Carter got a pick on us. And it made me celebrate like no other when uh, Sean beat him like, like a rented mule, like an old geriatric man. But, but listen, my point is to put it in a long winded way is uh, like good players won't have a plus games all the time, but if your team can still win ugly, then that's something. And there were guys tonight, Darren, that stepped up and you know, the guy who I really think stepped up tonight was Mark freaking Legio. I wrote his name down again and again and again. Every punt, 50 plus yards, or if it wasn't 50, I don't know the exact numbers, but man, he punted the, the pigskin off the ball. His mm-hmm. kickoffs were great. No big returns allowed. He hit his field goal. He hit his point after. He outperformed. Great Cup MVP, quote unquote, right? Uh, uh, Sergio Castillo, he he right. kicked the castle down, right? Castillo means castle in Spanish. He kicked it down. He kicked down those fortifications. Listen, and and then and then now, did he sell that penalty? I don't think so. He was hit pretty hard by Mac Henry, but Legio had a whale of a game. One more, one more positive. Uh, I think we didn't take that many penalties, 30 yards in penalties versus over 80 for Edmonton. You have to play perfect football to beat the Bombers. You can't take stupid penalties, and that's part of football. And and that that one penalty uh, against uh, Legio, the contacting the kicker, I mean, that's just a perfect example. You know, the Stamps did it too. You can't do that against Winnipeg. Uh, so Legio had a great game. Jefferson in that defense – that was, I mean, that was, if, if you could bottle Ben, but don't break defense, don't allow TDs, uh, make a team go over two in the red zone and you're one for two in the red zone, right? Like it was classic Winnipeg football. It just was tarnished and, and dented and, and ugly. Like my 2008 uh, Honda Civic buddy with dents the- in the back that I'm going to drive into the ground that. That guy's gonna eat up like five hundred thousand clicks, but doesn't cost you anything. Well, not what's yet. The, what's the what's the word for a car like that? A jalopy. Jalopy. This was a jalopy win, buddy. Big but time. Yeah. Listen. Word of the week. It, word of the week here on Bonfire Sports. Jalopy. jalopy. It was jalopious. Yeah. Well, they, and they, one they more were, thing. Hey, what? Go oh, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Willie Jefferson is an absolute stud. He comes in wearing he comes in wearing the Elks jersey. <laughs> which is highly unusual. I don't know if fans love that. And then he goes out wearing their jersey because he knocked the ball not once, not twice. He knocked the ball down three times. Three strikes, you're out, Edmonton. That defense, the time of possession, the fact that they were able to stay fairly sharp, Darren, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope that Zach and that offense and Buck Pierce – and all those guys, they buy them a good steak dinner because, my goodness, did they leave that defense hanging. And the last thing I want to say is Rose got nice big hit. Well, he had a nice big hit, but 
Uh, Taylor Cornelius, who's only a second year starter and probably doesn't, he, he doesn't seem like he sees the field that great. He played very well tonight. He picked mm-hmm. on Rose on that field side, um, which frustrated me because there was a few second down conversions there. But um, well, there, nobody nobody's throwing a Dietrich Nichols. His interception tonight <laughs> came on a Dietrich. tipped ball that went right to him. Nobody is throwing up. No, nobody. No. I said to Dietrich Nichols this week, I looked him in the <laughs> eyes. He walked out the field. I said, Dietrich, when are they going to start throwing at you? And like you know, he just lit up. It, it was an awesome moment. Uh, but. You know, you joke about the truth, right? Like nobody's throwing a Diedrich Nichols. I'm glad he got an interception tonight because now he's starting to get a little bit of shine. He gets yes. the halftime interview with yeah. Sarah Oleski on TSN and good because people yeah. need to know who Diedrich Nichols is. Nobody's thrown at him. Not too many are, are throwing at um, at Demario Houston. Like I understand mm-hmm. tonight, yeah, they were going to that side of the field because they were throwing at Kenny, wow. Lawler, Kenny Lawler all day and all night. Like, like what did Lawler have today? I got I got to pull this number up. Lawler he had a good was, game. He had a very, he, very he good game. Stud. He was targeted 11 times. He had seven catches. Caleb Hawley was targeted 11 times. He had six catches and, and one big hit uh, to break one up. That would have been dangerous. That yeah. was a shot downfield. Uh, Winston Rose was able to, to lay the boom on. Um, and, and good to see a player like Winston Rose lay a little bit of a boom. You don't see that too no. often. Um, but yeah, Lawler, 98 yards receiving, yeah. uh, had a log on 25. He had a couple big shots, but they were just trying to feed him the football. When you're paying a guy $300,000 yeah. a year, Edmonton is just going to keep feeding that beast. And, um, you know, to, to no surprise, but uh, Winnipeg found a way, you know, and, and there was a great comment. Uh, I think it was Scott Roger rifle up, Scott, how you doing? Uh, and it was the blue bombers are the ultimate chameleon. They beat their opponent <laughs> yeah. at their own game. They really changed their Love colors. It. You never know what they're going to do. Um, Am I surprised the Blue Bombers offense was a little flat today? No, not no. at all. What did I say when I started the show with Chris Walby on game day Winnipeg this week? And I started the pregame show. The first words out of my mouth, Winnipeg goes into Edmonton to face Chris Jones and that vaunted Chris Jones defense. I know they're two and four going into the game. I know that they haven't won in over a thousand days at Commonwealth but you can't put anything past Chris Jones. You can't do it. I'm glad Winnipeg stuck with the run. I'm glad Brady had a better game. Uh, I'm glad they were able to get the win despite that. Just because a win over a Chris Jones defense when your, your offense can't do anything, um, mm-hmm. you know, shows you why the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are good, why Zach Kolaris doesn't care about numbers. He cares about Ws, and he's now 24 and 1 <laughs> as the Blue Bombers starter in meaningful Frick, games. That I love that, lost, man. <laughs> that only loss coming against Toronto in the big smoke uh, early last season. I think it was week 5. So, yeah. Uh it, you know, like Waiter listen, says right here, yeah. 7 and 0 with 7 and 0. And Darren, they have injuries, right? You take away the silver bullet and Greg Ellingson. You did you did such a great job of talking last time about Ellingson. Uh, uh, the analysis was was great that you know Mister Second Down Conversion, especially when that run game is sputtering. Mm-hmm. Ellingson is the reason with Zach Kalaris that this team was was having any semblance of an offense. You take him out. Yes, you still have your starting O line, but the. the you take Ellingson out, you you take Dembski out, right? 
it's it's tough and this this run so so this run game what i was looking for because i looked at the stats pre-game okay mm-hmm. edmonton in the most important four categories that they track for run defense was last they Say were that again they in the most important categories that they track for run defense mm-hmm. edmonton was last Last in average yards allowed, 139 per game. 6.0 per carry yard average against. 12 TDs against. Teams were rushing the most against them. And this was the game with Ellingson out that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers needed to run the freaking ball. And they needed to do it well. And am I happy that they won? Yes. Am I somewhat stoked? that their run game improved a little bit, Darren. Yes. You saw better averages from Augustine and Brady Oliveira. I think they were around five, uh, you know, okay, good. But, and then you had that one sort of sweep to, to, to McCray, but yeah. this was the game where they needed to bring the, the run game to, to take the pressure off Zach, to take the pressure off all these injuries, and it didn't happen. And it was just, it was frustrating as heck. And then Zach kept taking deep shots. Now, you know, the deep shot won them the game, the two touchdowns. Uh, that touchdown to show, and we'll talk about it in a minute. I mean, that was just, that was beautiful, man. That, <laughs> that was a thing of beauty. But I was so disappointed that they couldn't get the run game going. And I want to get your thoughts because you and, you and Walby kept talking about this this zone scheme that they're sticking to that maybe they don't need to. Maybe they well, should. It's you know? not about them sticking to it. That's the way the CFL is now. It's a run. It's a it's a it's a zone run scheme. That, is that's, that right? That's what they do. They like you either run a zone scheme and you find the hole, or you run a traditional run game scheme where. It's we're running between the guard and the tackle. We're running between the guard and the center. You know, we're running off tackle, like no matter what. Um, it's it's not um, it's not something that they're sticking with and that they shouldn't or, or, or something like that. Um, should they maybe change the types of runs they're doing? Maybe. Maybe that's what they need to do. Um, I honestly thought the run game looked a little bit different tonight. Um, you know, I, I'm far from an expert, but just what my eyes show me, I, it looked a little bit different, just like where they were putting Brady with the ball, where they were putting, you know, Johnny only had three carries, um, but yeah. they, they, they stuck with, with Brady Oliveira tonight and to average 4.8 yards per carry on 13 carries, 62 yards. That's his largest number of the season for total rushing yardage, uh, in one game. Um, you know, I, I think that was a positive, especially when your quarterback is 44%. Like Bo Levi was yeah. 43% in Winnipeg yeah. a week ago, and they still had a chance to win that game. You know, if, if it wasn't for uh, a, a dropped pass or a bumped up pass and intercepted by Demario Houston in the end zone at the end there, uh, it, it could have easily been another overtime game and, and you never know what's going to happen. Um, Carlton Agadosi tonight. Yeah. I want to talk about him, Zach. Uh, he was targeted once, didn't pull it in, and then he had an injury um, late there. Some people are concerned. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that it looked serious, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, you have players roll up on an ankle. It, it can, it can yeah. be bad. Uh, can Winnipeg afford to be without Carlton Agadosi for six weeks? The easy answer is no, but the more in-depth look is that Nick Dembski should be back sooner rather than later. Yeah. I don't think Greg yeah. Ellingson is a long-term thing. I, I expect him to be healthy next week, just speculation. But um, that all said, if you can get Rashid Bailey going, you have a phenomenal rookie. And, you know, I, I got to talk to people in some other markets about defensive players yes. and that sort of thing. But Dalton Schoen is definitely in that conversation for the CFL's most outstanding oh, rookie. 100%. Four touchdowns in seven games. This yeah. guy never played in the NFL. This guy never played in, in the arena league. This guy walked on to Kansas State. Unbelievable, man. And here he is in the pros. And, like, he's just big game after big game. 146 yards uh, averaging 36.5 yards per catch. Um, <laughs> obviously it. offset by that, that big 81, but man, oh man, like uh, he looks like a polished veteran with years of chemistry and gel with Zach Kolaris. It, it's, it's amazing how yeah. he's always there finding an open spot and finding Zach Kolaris's eyes on yeah. broken plays. That's, yeah. that, that's what they tell receivers to do. Find the quarterback's eyes. If you can find space and then make eye contact with the quarterback, like, of course, you're going to put your arms up the rest, but make eye contact, find his eyes, and he'll find yours. And the way they're able to connect on those broken plays is something else. Um, on a night where Zach couldn't get much going with the offense and his arm, those four catches on nine targets uh, were big. They they definitely stretched the field and found ways to get it done. He he almost had another one on a broken play. Yes. Where you know, similar like that under, you know, that baseball slide and, and basket catch, uh, man, oh just man. about a, eh? just about like, uh, yeah, he, he is something else, man. Like he, it, like if you want, if, if you're an owner and you're looking for a GM and by the way, the chat tonight is unbelievable. Yeah, we awesome. hit a hundred so quickly that, uh, my head spun. You, you guys, people are waiting. Didn't They're waiting it. for after dark. They wanted to see your, <laughs> shaven face zach you got a whole new look about you uh people were afraid that you shaving your beard mid-season no, would put no. a jinx on your favorite team it's not a playoff beard folks it's a it's a beard that was like six years old and my dad <laughs> who i miss every day and uh, i i hope that all of you had a great had this amazing relationship with a parent but but he's gone and i miss him and i and he did say get that scruff off your face Oh yeah. Uh, right before he died. Yeah. You know, like there was no like beautiful last hug and kiss and, you know, like he was a yeah. father to the end. Hey, yeah. He was like, get that scruff off your face. And then my brother <laughs> flew in and my dad's last word to my brother was, uh, did you use my aeroplan points? Like, <laughs> <laughs> dad. Love my dad. But, um, he said, That's Hey, hilarious. Oh, you gotta, you should shave your beard. So I thought, Hey, and my wife said, I'd like you to shave your beard. So that, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Let's, let's stop dancing around Zach. Like that's the, that's the real reason I shaved my beard. Cause my wife right. told me to, my daughter said it'll be okay. Uh, and my son just doesn't even care about anything except he's a little too young. Don't you think? He, 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 well, I shaved my beard when my daughter was two and she cried so hard that she wouldn't look at me for two days, but he's a little girl. <laughs> my son was like, Get me breakfast or I'll kill you, right? And he literally could kill me. Anyway, I'm digressing now, Darren. 
Um, listen, shown like if you if you're an owner and you're looking for a GM, and Ted Goodbye or Danny McManus walks in for their interview, Darren, all they have to say is Donk is shown. Like how you find a guy like that, unbelievable. Now I was talking to a guy who works in the CFL. He works uh, in operations. And he said that the scout, what they scouts do is they now have the technology to use some kind of database to say, okay, this is Buck's offense. He likes to throw to slot backs. They 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 play against a lot of uh, zone defense, like a lot of the defense in the CFL zone. So you can look in D three, D two, you know, Division one football, and you can look for someone. Okay, like who's someone who runs clean routes and uh, who cares where they're from and and plays well in that kind of scheme. And they can find these guys. They can do it, but they f- but to find Dalton Schoen, like this guy looks like a. He looks like a vet and he talks like a vet, like Hustler had him on this week. Right. Great young guy, like heads in the right place. And, and that's what, that, but we all know, like I'd say this till I'm blue in the face, right? No pun intended. Like Mike O'Shea's guys, like it, the, the lo- that's the locker room culture. They're looking for these guys, these character guys, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter where they come from. And I just think that's something to be proud of, even in an ugly win, man. Dalton's shown like, like shout out to you, man. Like he, oh, love this kid. Love this kid. Although, well, not the sure way I Michael Shea, the, the <laughs> I like his hair. I like the you salad. like his flow. You got to get a little flow going. That's old school receiver <laughs> hair right there. Uh, you know the way Michael Shea talks about Dalton Schoen's, uh leadership and professionalism. The way he showed up in camp in shape. The way he, uh, you know holds himself accountable for mistakes, the way he conducts himself in the meeting rooms and in breaking down film and the rest. Um, great yeah. point by the Barflies here who's watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Barflies? Thanks for coming back. Uh, didn't Sean get a look in the NFL? He, he did not sign any contracts in the NFL. He probably got a look. Uh, it's like I'm me in the dating teams- pool. Like well, I'm thinking teams are gonna be teams are gonna be going, well, maybe we should have given him a, a bit of a, yeah. a long and harder look. Um, you know, he um, he looks like a serious player. He's an all-star in the CFL right now, if, oh, if I had to vote. Yeah. You know, but I, and I you do, do vote, re- don't you? I do, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we got a voter here, folks. Oh, look out. I don't Take it hear in. It. Just I don't want to hear the criticism. Uh, but he, here's a comment I want to get to from Comet. The cumulative yeah. number of injuries to very good players is concerning. This is the Blue Bombers' current injured list, Okay. So you got Greg Ellingson. Uh, again, I don't expect that to be too serious. Same with Jackson Jeffcoat. Ricky Walker is the healthy scratch. Brandon Alexander, I don't believe he is near a return yet, but he will play at some point this season. Jesse Briggs is back practicing. He is set to return soon. Michael Couture, probably going to be a week or two at least yet. Nick Dembski, not practicing yet, but I think in a week or two he, he may be. Um, but don't expect him uh, before that home game, I would guess, uh, on August 11th, which, by the way, they're boosting the 50-50 by $100,000. It helps support great uh, amateur football programs right here in Manitoba, so buy a 50-50 ticket uh, at the next game. Uh, Noah Hallett, I'm really not sure. He has been hurt uh, and, and unable to play or practice since day one this year. Uh, Brendan O'Leary-Orange, 
a new one on the six just last week. So not sure how long he will be. Uh, Dakota Prukop is set to return very soon, but that's a quarterback. The Bombers don't need another quarterback. The short yardage looks pretty good with Drew Brown, doesn't it? Drew Richmond, Kyrie Wilson, uh, both uh, likely to be uh, quite a while yet as well. But you're you're right when you talk about the work Ted Gavaya, assistant general manager, and fellow assistant general manager Danny McManus do, as well as uh, general manager Kyle Walters. You you look at what the Blue Bombers are able to do to shore things up when they're in a pinch. They lose their starting center, a CFLPA all-star. Chris Kolinkowski, free agent signing, you know, been with a couple teams in the CFL. They find him. He stabilizes things on the offensive line. They lose, uh, you know, a phenomenal player in Drew Desjardins to the New England Patriots. They have a first round pick right there in Jeff Gray and Liam Dobson uh, to fill things out. Cedric Wilcox cut in training camp last year. He steps in for Jackson Jeffcoat. LB Mack III had a sack tonight. They continue uh, that rotation. Mack with the huge sack, right? Real big sack. That was yeah. awesome. Took monster yards. They lose their dimebacker. They find a rookie in Donald Rutledge Jr. who has the physical makeup of an NFL player, uh, but you know just wasn't able to, to catch on uh, in the NFL. They lose Kyrie Wilson. Free agent signing. Seven games with the Edmonton Elks last year. There's Malik Clements. Demario Houston on the practice roster last year. Rookie. Steps in in his second year, and he takes the number one spot. Dietrich Nichols, another guy they found, and in my opinion, is the best DB in the CFL today. Winston Rose was on his fourth CFL team when he signed right. in Winnipeg. BC yeah. did not re-sign him after he was tied for the league lead in interceptions with five just a few years ago. Winnipeg finds value. Just like Darvin Adams. Darvin yeah. Adams did not want to be, re you know, the Toronto Argonauts did not want to re-sign right. Darvin That's Adams. Right. Ted Gavaya was a player personnel guy and scout for the Toronto Argonauts. He comes to Winnipeg. He tells Kyle Walters immediately, you sign Darvin Adams. Boom. What do we see? Year after year, veteran presence, consistent production, um, and, and just leadership. Um, it's really, really, Malcolm Thompson, another one. Played two Malcolm games for the Thompson, Hamilton Tiger yeah. Cats last year. Yeah. They lose their safety. A good... Played a great game today. Played, great he's played game. a lot of great games this year. He um, spoke it, to it, Kenny Lawler tonight. I thought Kenny Lawler wasn't going to come back in the game. And I got to say for Kenny Lawler, just a quick thing, for, for such a wiry guy, boy, is he tough. Like, he, he got hit hard today by a bunch of bombers, especially Malcolm Thompson. <laughs> he comes back in the game. Good for him. But Malcolm yeah. Thompson uh, has, has played great. You know, did the Bombers give up any big plays tonight? Now, that was the big concern that you were talking about last week in Calgary. I don't, I, 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 uh, I don't recall them giving up any huge plays. Maybe there was one so big pass. Lawler, Lawler had a chunk, right? Lawler he had, had a, a chunk few play, nice right? chunks, right? He averaged 14 yards per catch, and his long yeah. was only 25. So that's a legit yeah. average of 14 yards a catch. Uh, Caleb Hawley had a catch for 19. Emmanuel Arsenault had that one big catch. Remember, they just couldn't take him down. Um, right. He had one for 22 yards. Uh, Mike Jones, the receiver, um, a Canadian, uh, he had one for 18 yards. Malik Irons had a catch for 11 yards. Uh, Osakusi had one for, for nine. Um, as far as the run game, Taylor Cornelius broke one for 12 yards. Uh, Malik Irons had a run for 10 yards, but he only had 20 yards on the day, averaging five yards a carry, but they just 
couldn't get the run game going. Um, no. Cornelius threw the ball 42 times tonight, <laughs> uh, completed 25 passes for 270 yards, no touchdowns through the interception. Uh, he played quite well. Um, the knock on Taylor Cornelius, especially last season, Zach, was that he threw late game interceptions every time he strapped on the helmet. It was uncanny. And then I went and did some digging during his play, his time in the XFL. Yep. Interception after interception to cap games and to lose games. Uh, I think the only win his team had when he was in the XFL was a game where they ran for like 180 yards and barely threw the football. He has an absolute rocket launcher of an arm. He's smart. He's big. He's capable. Yeah. He has all the tools, but can he avoid the big mistake? Uh, didn't make it tonight, nope. but you know, it really wasn't a football game that they were in. Um, I think Edmonton's better than a two and four football team. I do too. I, I saw they someone would be leading the, the West. They'd be leading the yeah. East right now. <laughs> Right? That's what you saw. I'm That's thinking. Right. Yeah. I, I saw someone on the chat uh, and Terrell hints. I want to get your comment about Les Moreau in a minute. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that Darren, cause I think it's a great take uh, on Les Moreau, but, but yeah, I mean, they're not a bad team. They, they controlled time of possession. Their offense was, was really clicking against a great bomber defense, albeit a defense that classically allows quite a few yards. They didn't get any touchdowns. Right. So that's, that's really what matters. But I thought, I thought the play calling was pretty good and they they had a they had a they had some good momentum and they they strung some drives together at one point I think I wrote down that they had 12 first downs and then maybe got up to 16 or 17 first downs to Winnipeg's four you know like they were really controlling the game Mm-hmm. I thought Cornelius had a really good game, to be honest with you. I thought his accuracy was good. I thought he was reading the defense. He was reading the blitz. Uh, you know, if he, if he continues to improve, uh, he could be a bonafide starter. And that's good for Edmonton. Nobody wants to see the Elks uh, right. a tire fire. The, the, the one thing I wanted to say was, uh, I believe it was Terrell Hintz about, about Les Moreau. And he had an unbelievable sack. And I just, I, I, I got up cheering. That was in the second quarter. Um, I think it might've been the third sack of the game. And uh, that's just awesome. You know, like I think Winnipeg really has, has the gold standard of global players and uh, to have a guy from Japan, like that's just so cool. And he's on the great cup. He's won the great cup. I think twice now with us. Uh, uh, it was great, man. That was awesome to see. And uh and, and the other thing about Cornelius, the one pick he had, I mean, Malik Clements takes a bite out of the football and then, and then, uh, and that was a good joke. Come on. The dentist, he takes <laughs> right. a little bite out of the football, he spots of- it down and, um, and then your boy Nichols gets it. So I, I thought, and the other thing I liked and, and, uh, who was the who was the color analyst tonight? Was it Dwayne Ford? It was Dwayne Ford. Dwayne yeah. Ford and Dustin Nielsen, great team, by the way. Awesome. Absolutely. Dwayne's been doing a great job for years. Yeah, Dusty yeah. is newer to this, uh, but good. he is not new to football play-by-play. Uh, you know, I worked with him uh, for Canada West Television. Uh, you know, covering the the Bisons and the Rams and and the Huskies and uh, the Bears and and uh, the Dinos and and the T Birds and and all of Canada West football. Um, he, in my opinion, is the best play-by-play man in Canada right now. Most is that right? Eh? On TV, yeah, he he's say, awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, 
I, you know, like I, he's, he's, he's talking tonight about, um, you know, a corn maze and, you know, he just throws in a little, you know, like, uh, Oh, I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, break out of the house at nighttime and I go try to figure it out. And, and, uh, you know, Dwayne says something like, Oh, you bring a flashlight or you bring something like, you know, and he's like, no, I bring a chainsaw and I get my way out of there. Like <laughs> to have fun like that. And then yeah. also be uh, a phenomenal, uh, descriptor of the game. Yeah. Uh, big hat tip to my man, Dustin Nielsen, who, you know, tomorrow morning will be, well, wait, it's Friday. Never mind. But he does oh, but Thursday night games and then he yeah. flies back to Edmonton and he's on TSN radio in the morning. It's And it's, he does a bunch of podcasts. He does the, doesn't he do the lock shop with our the lock Boy shop Hustler with Hustler? And, yeah. Um, yeah. He's, and he's a nice, I met him at the Grey Cup. Uh, not because I had any special privileges. I just happened to see him where, where he was being picked up by his cab. And I, and I went up to a super nice guy, right? Yeah. Like, like a guy who's who's burned the candle at both ends on a game like that doesn't have to be nice to some random dude like me. Um, but anyway, someone told me to stick That's to my CFL, day. Though, man. That's the it CFL, though, man. It is the CFL. Some, someone on the chat said, stick to your day job, Zach. No more dad jokes. But Malik Clements <laughs> did take a good chomp out of that ball. A, a hat tip to Malik Clements talking about hat tips. But Jeff has something to say for you here. Yeah. Jeff. Feel weirded out by beardless Zach. Okay, that's fine, Jeff. I'm not married to you, so you could be weirded out. It's, it's. I'm just kidding, <laughs> Jeff. I love you, man. You, you bring, you bring the 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 zest to this chat. You always have great things to say. Just funny, funny dude. Lots of uh, lots of personality. I love this guy. Hey, I'm weirded out by myself, but hey, you know that's not new. But but what I I liked what Dwayne Ford said that that um, and I don't know if this is coached or just natural, but that that Cornelius early in the game the way he was he kind of would freeze the defense when he was taking off to run so he'd kind of run laterally and then the defense would kind of be frozen because they wouldn't know if he was going to pass the ball Mm. and he freezes the defense when he's running laterally and then he takes off and I thought a guy like that who can run and run smartly is is uh is a, is a dangerous weapon. We know that in the CFL and he's six foot five. The number of times Edmonton on second and two, Darren, and not a lot of teams do this. They, they typically run in shotgun on second and two even, but uh, he just basically falls forward. Except I thought the turning point in the game was this. And I, and I got to see my notes here. Um, yeah, here it is. Can I say this is the, the turning? I'm not going to call it the TSN turning point. Cause, cause Nah, we don't do that here. Yep. The bond, the 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 time in the game where the bonfire, I don't know, plumed up or something. I don't know, but <laughs> raged, raged. So three or four times they were on second and two, and Taylor Cornelius gets a first down on short yardage. Okay, we're we're getting into the end of the third quarter. Edmonton is driving. They get another second and two situation. And instead of him just going for it on short yardage in a, in a, in a wedge package, <laughs> the bonfire moment of truth, one bird, nice a bonfire, light it up moment, whatever it was, he throws the ball. He tries to throw it and it got batted down by Willie Jefferson, I believe. And I thought, yep. wow, that's, so they just, they just, you know, you stick to what gets you there. You, you keep it simple, man. It's working. He threw it. And then that's when Sergio Castillo missed that field goal. So they're, they're, they're down, I believe, 17 to nine. So it's a one score game. 
they miss that critical short yardage uh, play on second and two. He goes and throws the ball. And when you're a struggling team like the Elks and you haven't won at home in, what, three years or whatever it is, two and seasons. you've got a 6-5 guy and they've done it three or four times in a row to a gas defense, just keep doing what you're doing. Sergio Castillo misses it. Then it's mm-hmm. 17-10. And that's as close as they got, Darren. And that's where I think, just like last week when Dickinson you know, went for it on, on, on third and, and two and the, the guys hit each other. And then he had, then he had Tommy Stevens throw the ball on second down when you have Kadeem Carey. Like that's another thing where, where your OC is out thinking himself. And um, I just, I thought at that moment, that might be a big turning point here because, because they, they are beating themselves and that is just something the bombers don't do. So that's all I got to say on that. Uh, big shout out to Jeff, who, according to waiters in the live burning chat, uh, like came up with uh, the t- uh, the bonfire burning point instead of burning the turning point. point. Burning I like point. that. Uh, just getting a, a tweet here from uh, Terrell. Uh, Terrell hints. He says, Darren, that is a terrible shirt. Uh, okay. If okay. you say so. Uh, he tweeted that like he tweeted that to you, right? He now? did. And then he complimented the show and, and everything else. You, you know, Terrell, I've met you, be- you know, I've met Terrell before and, and we've had some good talks about football. Very passionate. He's uh, big Blue on Bombers Twitter. Fan. Yeah, I follow yeah, him. He is. Yep. Um, but I wanted to get into the bonfire hotline. There it is, folks. 816 tips, 816 8477. Call, text, uh, standard rate supply, just like when you text your mama, as I always say. Uh, okay, so I, I wanted to get into to some of them here uh, because really they were they were busy tonight. Um, I like this one. Don't have a name. Oh, waiters. It is from waiters. He said, he, waiters. He, "Yeah, uh, since Bonfire started doing post game shows, the Bombers are seven and zero. Just saying." Says waiters. Oh yes, uh, that is waiters true. dropping the truth bombs. Um, this is an interesting one. Um, who is this? From? from sometimes i got to scroll back oh yeah so this is from robert uh, i believe comet uh here's a question to ponder says robert when stanley bryant's career ends will he surpass chris walby as the goat blue bombers left tackle both accomplished both multiple cup winners can there be a tie um i talked to stanley about this this year um and i don't know if i've talked to to walby about it but now walby played right tackle I'm not mistaken, but the way I see it is Chris Walby's the greatest offensive lineman to ever play in the CFL. And you'll never change my mind, but I think it's fair to say Stanley Bryant could be the best American offensive lineman to ever play in the CFL. And I don't know if you could change my mind about that either. Um, Either way, uh, fun conversation to have about this storied franchise and, and, and so much talent. Uh, love the live chat tonight. Everybody, uh, is fired up. Um, and as they should be, the bombers find a way to win 24, 10 tonight. Zach, you mentioned the first downs and, and the running prowess of Taylor Cornelius, uh, 23 first downs for the Edmonton Elks tonight. Winnipeg just had 12, uh, but of those 23, 11 rushing, 11 passing and one by penalty. So, as many like Cornelius puts up 270 yards passing and then 59 yards rushing because he's the one picking up those first downs. 
Um, that's really something, you know, yeah. uh, just how often they're going to him uh, in those short yarded situations. I don't even know if they had a, let me, let me check this. This, this is, was super weird. The backup to Taylor Cornelius tonight on the depth chart was Mike Beaudry, who is a Canadian quarterback out of Regina. He went to the university of Ohio. He was cut earlier this year from the practice roster and he came back just this week, and he was the backup to Taylor Cornelius. Um, th- they have serious problems yeah. uh, in in Edmonton with, with their personnel. Yeah. Like, you talk about Winnipeg's injured list. Like, yeah. Coney Ely, Trey Ford, uh, Kai Loxley, Charles Nelson, Darrell Walker. That's just their one game. Uh, what's confusing to me is... Oh, sorry. Never mind. Jake Ceresna is on the sixth game. Gavin yeah, Cobb. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Grimes. Grimes uh, is a big loss. Winnipegger Jordan Reeves, who can kind of play everywhere. Uh, James Wilder. You asked me about this, Zach. James Wilder has been on the sixth game for a really, really long time. I actually went to this website right here, SIA.com slash bonfire. I put, uh, I put a couple bucks down on Kadeem Carey to outrush James Wilder Jr. this year. Wilder's since been hurt, so that that prop is no longer available, but I'm going to cash in on that one, no doubt about it. Um, yes, I yeah. signed up today too, folks. SIA.com slash bonfire. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Sign up. Yeah, it's it is really entertainment, man. Really and, and you get makes, uh, you get a nice little bonus too. You get a so, bonus, uh, and it and it helps us deliver this to you scot free, my friends. Scott, and free. we are having a freaking blast, man! Like, come on, we're seven and zero. Yes, nineteen sixty two. We were seven and zero, and we went to win the win the Grey Cup. Although I hope that's where the similarities end, because then we had that drought till eighty four. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, I, I can I just say I just love the people in the chat. I mean, you guys are so much fun. I mean, you they make, make it. Show. This is why this is why Darren wanted to do this live on YouTube. It's why I wanted to join him. Uh, it just makes it like so 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 much fun for us to see these uh, these comments and questions and some ribbing here and there. I see Sard from Morning Big Blue, uh, Robert Sutton, O'Shea, and Grant in the same mode. Consistent wins and cups. It's good. Uh, now, Duran Carter, I saw someone say Duran Carter returning kicks was. Yeah, was and that he was the actual, you know, um, what was like he slow quarterback. As, and I was, I would have been faster than him even after my uh, spin class. I was exhausted, I was cramping up. I think I would have done a better job. Yeah. I, I think so. <laughs> Just stay hydrated, man. <laughs> now, did Carlton Negadosi break an ankle, Darren? I'm I hope not. Nobody like what you you had you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night and we're all doctors, right? Um <laughs> I have like I don't want to speculate. But uh, looked like I've I'm seen afraid of the, that. I've seen scarier things, you know? Uh, maybe I maybe I should just leave it at that because we do not know. Uh the Blue Bombers are off for a couple days. Um they will have a close practice at some point this week. Um but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday I think before their game on Friday in Calgary, they'll travel on Thursday. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I think Greg Ellingson will be back. So six of one, half dozen the other. Yeah. Uh, when you, you don't think it's a long term, you don't think. Well, they again, I, I don't want to speculate. I don't, I don't want to speculate. But it didn't look that bad to me. I'd be surprised. 
I would be surprised. But other people disagree. Other people said that it looked it looked really bad. So um, you know, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. We're not going to get too much of a um, a firm update from head coach Mike O'Shea anyway, right? So. Well, and it's interesting. Someone in the chat said they they were surprised. You know, McCray got one carry. Agadosi, I think he had one ball thrown his way. Tavares Harrison, I don't even think he was on the field. I think Walatarski maybe had what one one or two catches. I mean, they really weren't spreading the ball around much. And but Walter but I do one, one catch. I I do think that some of that was Chris Jones like masterful scheming like the way he stunts the guys and twists and, and uh, I'm just throwing those words out there. I think I know what they mean, but maybe I really <laughs> don't, but I know like the D line, they do different things. Like they, 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 they go this way and then they go that way and they run, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? They switch spots yep. and stuff. I think they really fooled the bombers O line and uh, you saw Hardrick get beat uh, pretty badly on a sack to Caleros, but Calara, sorry, but, but you know, that, uh, it reminds me, frankly, last year when the Bombers struggled against the Tire Fire Elks when Noel Thorpe was the DC and, uh, you know, another good DC. And now what? He's back with Montreal. So that's interesting. Uh, a guy who I think is a, a very good DC, although he never made it to the head coaching ranks. Um, but I, I think I think Zach's escapability saved. There was one where he was again going down there. And you saw that one where he got a critical first down. I think it was to... to was it to Wally or was it to Shone? That was an incredible play. I, yeah, Wally, uh, Wally did not have a Drew Wolitarski did not have a, a first down today. I don't believe. Okay. No. Uh, it was a five yard catch that he had, so I don't think so. Dalton Shone had three second down conversions. So it must have been shown. Fifty five yak yards, like fifty five <laughs> of his one hundred forty six. So you know, like easily a third. More yeah. than a third of his yards came after the catch. Um, I love watching him play. Like, man, it's it's almost like, and then they mentioned this on the broadcast too, like what a great opportunity Dalton Schoen has to learn from Greg Ellingson, who has been on a variety of teams now in the CFL, who like Hamilton, Ottawa, Edmonton, now Winnipeg. So different systems, different quarterbacks. He's 33 years old, soon to be 34, I believe. and playing at the level he is leading the league in receptions and yards and Dalton Schoen comes in as a pro smart, doing things the right way as a rookie straight out of college and the rest. And there's Greg Ellingson to show him how to do it. Like yeah. it's a perfect storm. And Michael Shea <laughs> talks about that all the time, right? Yeah. He lets the locker room do its thing. Uh, Adam Big Hill taught Kyrie Wilson and Kyrie Wilson teaches Malik Clements and Jesse Briggs teaches Malik Clements and around and around they go, you know? So good, good on, good on them. What, what's, what's funny. I, apparently I've got to adjust my camera because my shirt seems like it's saying a swear word here. It's, it's, it's back. I noticed B that before B too. CK folks, come on, keep it clean. Keep it clean. Just like the bombers and their parents. I'll get today. the, uh, there, now we can see it <laughs> back to back. So, so someone here brought up, uh, uh, Bailey, is he struggling, Darren? Is he just not getting open or are they just not targeting him? Someone, someone who works for the team told me that Zach likes uh that Zach likes throwing the slot backs for whatever reason. But and I sorry, I shouldn't say someone who were like 
I'm not saying that to pop my like I sound kind of like a dork when I say that. It's just to legitimize they that, walk that I happen to know someone <laughs> and I uh I pick their brain because I'm interested. Well, like are they in are they in football operations or are they just a, a staff member? Oh, operations. You got a you got a source. I got a I got a source. I got a source. But um Anyway, he likes throwing the slot backs, but is Bailey not getting open? Is it is it the fact that he's playing wide receiver and that doesn't? I mean, aside from Agadosi last week, doesn't get a whole lot of looks. Like, what what do you think? Because he's the production really is shockingly not there. This guy was supposed to be maybe our number one receiver, right? Um, he was. There's a lot of theories out there. Yeah, right. Is it is it where they're lining him up? Is it lack of targets? Uh, is it that he's not getting open? Uh, going into tonight, um, there was just a lot of other receivers getting things done for Winnipeg, right? Coming into the season, or like, you know, the first few weeks of the season, it was shown. It was um, Ellingson. It was Nick Dembski. So there wasn't a lot more there. Uh, then Bailey goes down, or pardon me, uh, Dembski goes down, in comes um, Brendan O'Leary-Orange. He goes down, in comes Agadosi. Agadosi pulls in two touchdowns. Ellingson continues to have these monster games. Now Dalton Schoen's having these monster games. Rashid Bailey was asked about this this week, and I, I touched on this earlier in the show. Uh, you know, where's the production? What's up with, with the slow start? And he just said, it's coming. None yeah. of these guys care about the numbers. They care about they the wins. They re- so, and they really don't, Darren. Like they're honest when they say that, aren't they? Like yep. they're genuine. Like it, this yep. isn't about me. Yep. They just want another ring. They want another. Yep. Uh, you know, they want to have a cold one after a win. They don't want to have a, a lukewarm one after a loss. Uh, doesn't matter how icy it is. It, it tastes lukewarm after a loss. But how uh, special? It, yeah, right. But they, it yeah, always tastes better after warm. But but how special is that? Like in your experience, do it. You've been in this business for a long time. Have you ever uh, seen? Me. <laughs> hey, you're only a few years older than me. I won't say how many, but uh, you 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 look younger today. You're you're wearing I'm like wearing this my hat cool backwards. polka dot shirt, wearing uh, an, ugly, an, ugly shirt, an ugly shirt and a hat backwards. Here, oh, no, it's not an ugly shirt. That was BS. Whoever said that, I'd wear that shirt. Although <laughs> I'm not. That, that's not saying much. If I would wear the shirt, <laughs> I got all my clothes from the bomber store or Costco. Yeah, right. <laughs> And and my wife buys all my clothes from Costco, I should say. But anyway, like, have you ever been around a team like that? That that like every single guy, legit, like genuinely, Darren says this is all about the team. I don't care about my numbers. Well, no, I haven't. Not like this. It's crazy. Um, I do remember being around the 2012 Gold Eyes. I think it was 2012. Oh yeah. Uh, they had an awesome team and was that the back to back year? I can't remember. Uh, geez, it's like 10 years ago, right? My, yeah. my long-term memory is poor, uh, but I covered the gold eyes, uh, for six seasons for the Metro Winnipeg, the green Metro, the old, you know, free papers that they had. Um, you know, I was their sports guy filled in on news sometimes, but I remember being around that team you know, their ace pitcher was Ace Walker. They had some right. great infielders, some big bats, uh, you know, very talented outfield, deep rotation, and really, really strong relief pitching. Um, and then, of course, the the great work that Rick Forney always does. Um, and, like, just 
how awesome it is to to go to the ball games in the summer in Winnipeg. It's like there's nothing yeah. like it. That great food aside, there too, apparently. Yeah, great food, craft beer. Go go check it out. Um, yeah. But I remember that team being a lot like that. They're just like, hey, you know, if if our bats are are you know not popping one game or in one series, then you know the the defense is going to make up for it, or our base running will make up for it. Uh, they were only worried about W's. The the relief pitchers weren't worried about saves. They were worried about getting wins. They were yeah. worried about getting yeah. the starter the win. Um, you know, the starters were worried about um, pitching long enough to take it easy on the bullpen. And it was all about, you know, pulling together. Um, but no, I haven't seen a team like this in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um you know, I started covering this team in 2011. I saw that yeah. great cup run. I saw yeah. that atrocious second half of the season where they could Ugh. barely get a win. Uh, I remember wearing dress shoes to that East final against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Hamilton somehow beat Montreal. They come to Winnipeg. Winnipeg just absolutely crushes them in what was supposed to be the final game at Canada dress Stadium. Shoes? I wore dress shoes on that cold ass day. Have you, it, have you lost still, any toes, buddy? I probably could have that day uh <laughs> but oh, i don't know i was fresh out of college i'm like oh i gotta you know it's the west final or, or the east final i gotta wear i gotta wear some dress shoes right oh, anyway um oh. I've, I've seen a lot of futility in football yeah. i've talked to yeah. a lot of you know players on bad teams and coaches and coordinators on bad teams uh it's been really something to watch winnipeg go from yeah. three wins in 2013 and futility and poor talent and poor drafting and poor GM work yeah. to where they are today and watching that progression, trading Buck Pierce yeah. to the beach lion for a Canadian receiver. And I ugh, names escaping me, but they traded for a Canadian receiver because they knew we need to bolster our Canadian talent. It's more important than an aging quarterback. And, you know, all due respect to Buck. I, I, you know, I consider him almost a friend with, you know, how gracious he's been in, in dealing with me and the media yep, uh, yep. for all these years as a player and as a coach. Um, Good guy. But, right. but, you know, it was time and they yeah. decided to trade him. Uh, that started it all. It was late that year. Kyle Walters was the interim GM. I remember sitting in the freshly built press box at IG Field and a press release coming out after a game. And I'm looking around like, they just, they just traded Buck Pierce, like yeah. the press release was titled too. Bombers acquire. I can't remember the player. I can't name. remember his name either. But he was a, actually he would actually Google play it pretty right well. Yeah, you know Greg Liverpool will get it for us. I bet. Yeah, he probably will. The and yes, De uh, yes, Denis. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's how I pronounce your name. I do have young children, and I do look tired. I I always. It's a genetic thing with these bags. Like I could have an eight nine hours sleep. I would still have bags. You know, I just have baggage, man. Akeem yeah. Foster, Sea Walker, well done. Boom. I remember Akeem go. Foster. He's from and, Toronto, I think. Like Toronto area, yeah. grew up. And he was there a big, he was a big bodied, yeah, he was a big bodied receiver. And I remember the press release when yeah. they traded Buck was Blue Bombers acquire Akeem Foster. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, okay, you know. And like third paragraph, it's in exchange the Blue Bombers, yeah, right. send Buck Pierce and a, a draft pick or whatever it was. Um, but man, oh man, like we've seen some garbage, right? Seen some serious garbage. I remember talking to like Chad Simpson the former yeah. uh, Indianapolis Colts running back uh, yeah. in the locker room after losses and talking to Glenn January and uh, you know, the offensive line when it was really, really bad. 
you know, uh, talking to players on the defense when it was really bad, talking to Stanley Bryant when he was, you know, signed a big free agent deal to come from the yeah. Grey Cup champion Calgary yeah. Stampeders yeah. to Winnipeg. When when the Blue Bombers traded for Pat Newfeld, a Saskatchewan native son from a team that went on to win the Grey Cup later that year, uh, the Blue Bombers traded an all-star defensive end for Pat Newfeld. And everyone's like, what are they doing? Yeah. Pat Newfeld's always hurt and this and that. Yeah, okay. He struggled through injuries. Welcome to pro football. The guy's an all-star Canadian and can play tackle in a pinch. Uh, that was a huge trade for Winnipeg. Signing Stanley Bryant, obviously a huge acquisition. Yep. Talking to those guys in the three and five and seven win seasons uh, to see where they are today, lifting the cup in November or in December. Um, yeah, you know, to answer your question, no, I have never seen a team like this. It's It's something to behold. And I and C Walker is bringing this up right at the top here, Darren. I was gonna I was gonna talk about it as well. I remember Buck comes back that year, right? And and BC absolutely took it to us. Like they took us to the woodshed. I think Biggie had like a pick six in the first five minutes or something, and people were actually cheering for Buck Pierce that game. I I sure. think it. I don't remember if it was was it twenty. 13 i think that was the 3 yeah. and 15 year when they traded yeah. buck yeah. Uh, oh it was just i think that was the year that uh, our friend don crookshank sign guy who's here uh wore wore a bag on his head was that you or was that gold member one of one of our super fans wore a bag on his head uh anyway oh dante marsh had a pick six good memory waiters waiters bringing oh, it dante uh, marsh <laughs> Well, and then who is the who is the BC Lion defensive back they brought in? Corey Banks, twenty fourteen. He was supposed to be oh, a big. Just, I, wait, he never showed up or something. Well, he didn't. Between the ears, he didn't show up. Like he just uh, had no buy in, no effort. Yeah. He expected to just show up and be the leader of the defense. And well, you know, O'Shea wasn't having it, right? Like, no, you can't just O'Shea. show up and be like, you know, look at my resume, give me the starting job. Um, he probably was on the the you know the back three of the back nine of his career. You know the the old Wally Buono adage of you know cutting ties with a player, um, you know when their best days are, are behind them. But uh, yeah, either way, Waka Waka miss the Bucks barbecue chips at Co-op. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Remember remember Buck and Danny and Bucks. Uh, Danny barbecue? and Bucks whole hog. Yeah, sure. I think they still sell that barbecue sauce. I I hope it's got do a they? good expiry date yeah. on it. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the, yeah. The other like, thing, I know we're going back Jade in time. Oh, Jade Etienne. Two career touchdowns happened in the same game. We're, we're having and fun. Against guys. Calgary. I remember that talk. game. We were up yeah. 14 to 6, and he had two identical touchdowns from what, who was it? Who was in uh, Justin Goltz or something? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's almost like you want to erase that from your memory, right? Oh like, God. like keep your journal, keep your diary now while the bombers are finding ways to win despite having really bad outings or pretty bad outings. Uh, uh, this is a, bad. this is a real, real good football team. And it is, 24, it is 24 and one going back to October, it's 2019. Crazy, man. It's, they don't lose insane. at home. They're 24. Uh, like they're seven and oh, this year they, they, they win despite the injuries, despite, you know, Zach Kolaris maybe plays a B plus C, like, I'm sorry, a C plus game. Like at, at one point, Darren, in this game tonight, if we get back to this game, yeah, 
it was 31:30 to 10 minutes of time of possession and i wrote on my beautiful chart that uh denny or dennis likes uh what the f like w t f what is going on <laughs> like are you kidding me but they win unbelievable i mean they they didn't take many penalties they took advantage of opportunities they're one for two in the red zone Legio played a hell of a game. Guys way down deep in the depth chart, man, came to play, right? Uh, Wilcott, yep. uh, LB Mack, uh, Clements, right? Like Malcolm Thompson. It wasn't he pretty. Just, Malcolm Thompson. When, when they need him to make a play, he makes a play. He's a good safety. Yeah, man. And, like, and there, there are times out there where fans will tweet me or, or text the hotline, uh, 816 tips, hit it up. 816-8477. We're going to get to a couple uh, in just a minute. They'll text me and be like, where was Malcolm Thompson on that play? Well, the safety just doesn't sit at the back of the defense with everything in front of them all the time. You saw it at halftime when they were, or, or during the game when they were breaking out, like Adam Bigel line way back and then he'll blitz. They, they do all different types of misdirection and, uh, you know, cloak and dagger, subterfuge, yeah, however sure. you want to describe it. They do all those things. Um, so deep passes where you don't see Malcolm Thompson uh, in the vicinity doesn't mean he missed his assignment necessarily. Um, no, and comfort. I was, go ahead, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I just saw like a, a, someone's <laughs> blah, 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 talking over each other. Um, maybe if we both talk at the same time, we'll sound really smart. But uh, I just saw someone someone from Morning Big Blue sent me a great forum, by the way. I know Sard is a part of it. Uh, they sent me a, a video on um, O-line technique and O-line blocking because I was some I was interested. Um, but what they said was, most good quarterbacks, if they know where the defenders, if those, if they know where the DBs are going to be all the time, unless they disguise it, they're going to complete most balls on you. Just, mm-hmm. So I'm just to back you up, right? Like that you yep. need, you you can't have Malcolm Thompson playing um, a deep, deep safety all the time. He's got to disguise looks. Uh, and in fact, when he did that, you remember that BC game? That's when uh, Mr. Kid Canada through a pick because I think he was a little bit fooled, right? You, you had Rutledge playing at safety. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. You were going to say something about our friend Pumper. Yeah. Pumper is saying, uh, I, I just had it here. Here it is. Um, are the blue bombers, uh, veining in on some receivers? I'm not sure what he means there, but there's only one on the practice roster. Uh, yeah, it's Luke McMillan of the Winnipeg Rifles, uh, a local product and and just a heck of a football player. Great young man. Uh, hashtag rifle up. Uh, looking forward to the rifle season. Uh, but Tavares Harrison activated today, right? So he is essentially that practice roster receiver. Janarian Grant uh, is there. Again, I don't think it's a serious injury to... Um, Greg Ellingson. So uh, rest more than anything, I think, this past week. He spoke to media, and I get it. It's a good story. He was a CFL top performer with, you know, 11 for 152 and and seven second down conversions. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I just don't expect it to to be too long. Uh, We'll have to see if the Agadosi injury is serious and if that brings up a need for the blue bombers yeah. to find another receiver. Um, 
yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll we see. Will Car- see. Carol Carol L just joined. Hey Carol, thanks for joining. Carol L. Now, who is Carol L? Is that Lefty Carol? I don't know. I don't That'd know be. if you'd be up. Would it be Lefty Carol who who did the the biking, the cycle, the the spin cycle oh, today? She no she way. Cuts some, she cuts everyone's hair too. I think she right? cuts my hair. Yeah, I'm seeing her next week. Yeah, great person. Look, her, and her like and her and Lefty Bart too. Looks like you should see her next week. Hey, Carol. Yeah, go check out Cycle. This is a free promo. They're on Stradbrook. And I had one of the best workouts of my life. If you're competitive like me, you can see all the other numbers on there. Uh, you 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 want to catch up to people. And Carol is so supportive. Like, there's, and it's like the Bombers, right? Yes, you have great schemes and, and talent. But she's just like Michael Shea. She motivates. She, mo- mm-hmm. she motivated me. I was dogging it at one point, And Carol was like, come on, Zach. I love your smile. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> you know, like, uh, check out Cycle, man. Maybe they should be the official uh, uh, spin studio of Bonfire Sports. You and me will go. Yeah. I, I told Carol today, like today was a game day uh, spin session. I said, man, they're silly if they don't do that every game day with you, Carol. It was great. They had people with bomber shirts, jerseys. Uh, Christina Big Hill was there, a relative of our good friend, uh, the bowling ball man, the man from New Brunswick, Jake Thomas. I call him bowling ball man because that's his celebration when he gets a sack, fat boy. Oh, okay, uh, okay. She she was there, uh, very friendly, great service. Uh, they came, if you've never done spin, they come and show you how to do it. Uh, they saw me and they said, okay, Zach, this is what all the dials do. Anyway, Carol was awesome. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say, Darren, is the Bombers dogged it in the first half. It's, it, like, except for that huge pass to uh, Shone. Yeah, they got that turnover off uh, off the off the interception and they threw a touchdown pass to, to Bailey. No, Shone was, in, Shone was in the second half. What am I saying? Was he? I'm losing my mind. Was it was shown in the, the second half? No, the big 81 yard catch. Was that the first half? That was the first half. Sorry. So in the first half, I believe they had nine minutes and 20 seconds of possession. That yep. fourth, that fourth quarter drive you were talking about that you once called maybe something like a clock gobbling drive. 927, I didn't, I didn't, buddy. I didn't, I didn't say it. <laughs> 927. Like so, yeah. so they showed up when they had to show up, right? And are well, they playing course. down to their opponents? I don't think so. I just think they find different ways to win, man. And uh, oh man, what well, a, what th- a crazy this is part game. of it too. And I got a text on the hotline from Mark Knight. He says, "My younger brother played with Mike O'Shea back in the '90s, and is still a good friend of his." Um, he told me that Mike is one of the smartest guys he has ever known. Uh, I've heard that from a lot of people. Um, when Mike O'Shea took over here in Winnipeg, it wasn't about, okay, you know, we got to run this type of uh, defensive system and special teams is what we're going to focus on. And, uh, you know, we've got to find talent at these positions and we got to play, we're going to be hard nosed and we're going to practice like this. And we're going to train like this. This is what training camp's going to be like. And, you know, these, that all happened, but it was about culture. Yeah. It took time. And you remember when Michael Shea was on the hot seat? Like I was just talking to somebody about this. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Remember when Michael Shea was on the hot seat? And it was just like, oh man, it's year three, and they're still kind of meddling. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No kidding. It takes time. 
So the, you know, the Paul Apolise talk, the Kari Jones talk, um, you know, even, well, I, I wouldn't say Craig Dickinson in Saskatchewan, but um, some of those teams that struggle, you know, uh, look, look what the Hamilton Tiger Cats are going through right now. Yeah. You know, uh, they could easily just turn it on and roar, pardon the pun, the Tiger Cats could just roar through. I will not pardon that the- pun because you meant it, my friend. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, oh man, it's getting it's getting spicy here on on game day. After I'm gonna that. I'm gonna do a cycle. Uh, I'm gonna do a spin. Uh, I, it's almost like now my brain's in the spin cycle, Carol. <laughs> I yeah. agree with this. Kahari getting fired. Uh, that that has a stink on it to me. You know, like I know I know there were discipline issues, but. This guy was was what one and one and three when he got fired. He could have been two and two if Cote hits that kick. I mean, yep. but anyway, back to your point. It's all culture and uh, and Michael Lombardi. Who well, here here's a sorry, sorry to interrupt. Here's yeah. a guy that worked in the Blue Bombers organization with Mike O'Shea as head coach. Big time culture for O'Shea. Craig Smith, long time oh, yeah, CFL player personnel man and scout. Oh, nice. Thanks for joining us as always, Craig. Yeah, always appreciate you. Welcome. Uh, I think you're. I think you're 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 out in Saskatchewan, if I'm not mistaken. You'll you'll mm. hit up the live chat and let us know. But thanks for watching. Appreciate you uh, you joining us. Um, you were saying, but, pardon me. but just, just the, the the call, the Michael Lombardi, and I and I want to. It was called it's Gridiron good. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. This is getting better and better. I think this needs to be a two-hour show. My family's at oh, the man. lake. I mean, I have no reason to uh, stop doing this. Uh, Gridiron genius Michael Lombardi, and he has a GM Shuffle podcast now, and he works worked for NFL Network. He 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 worked for Bill Belichick in Cleveland and New England, and the grid the, the basically if if you don't want to read the whole book of Gridiron Genius, it's 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 he talks about why New England was so successful, and you can have your opinions about Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, <laughs> right? You know they're not perfect people. However. He said, if you have an A-plus quarterback and you have the culture and they're all aligned, owner, now we don't have an owner, but let's say let's say Wade Miller, Kyle Walters, Mike O'Shea, and then you get a Zach Kolaris. If that's all aligned and, and you don't have discipline issues, you don't take stupid penalties, you don't have me first guys, and you have enough talent... That's why this is good. You know, uh, Friesen, that's why they're the flagship organization and it's culture. And, and if you think about your own workplace or your family, culture is what you do every single, every single minute of the day. It's yeah. your work habits, mm-hmm. right? I remember, I remember Nick Taylor saying before he got to Winnipeg, uh, it was Anthony Gator who picked him up and he said, um, <laughs> it was his first, first day for practice. Yeah. And he thought Nick Tater was going to pick him up after breakfast. Picks him up at 5 a.m. Oh, no, I pick you up at 5 a.m., buddy. This is when we start doing film study. Like, this is when these guys start, and they love it. It's not like, oh, I got to drag my butt out of bed to do film. Like, these guys love foot. Like, oh, shit, I'll I'll stop here because I I see you have a, you had a quote, you had a a point there. But, like. When you have guys that buy in FIFO and they love football, it means that they love grinding. And Mike O'Shea always talks about he loves grinding. These guys love getting that extra little edge on film study. And that's what separates this team from others. That's why, okay, 
you might say, hey, listen, Zach, the, the Bombers have won seven in a row. They're seven and oh, but they've won some squeakers. Well, that's why you win squeakers. It's because you've talked about it. It's those four or five plays in the game that 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 go one way or the other. And if you've got more than they do, you win the game. And yep. that's from loving football. It's not just a cliche that Michael Shea throws out there. These guys love it. They get in early and they love film study uh, like I love chocolate, right? Like they just... They love it and they're they're so dialed in and they're 100% committed and they don't care who gets the who gets the laurels at the end of the game Darren. It doesn't matter if you got 2 yards. It doesn't matter if Rashid Bailey wasn't on the stat sheet but he blocked like a fiend, right? Yep. It doesn't matter because all they want to do is win and if everybody's pointed in the same direction, yes. they're going to go in that direction, man. And it's a beautiful thing to watch even when it's ugly at times during a game like tonight. Well, an interesting part of that, because you're bang on. I, I completely agree. We, we, we've we seen this now in whatever year seven, whatever it is of, of Mike O'Shea. Um, part of that is also, <clears throat> excuse me, how they govern the locker room. The coaches do not govern the locker room. Mike O'Shea treats his players like grown ass men. He does not treat them like, like, you know, like football players. Like so often coaches will say, these are my troops and they're the field general, right? That's the cliche used for coaches, the field general or the quarterback is the field general, right? Um, Sometimes the coach is called that too. Mike O'Shea sets standards. This is what we need to do every day. He allows his leadership in the locker room to govern it. And I am sure that a 23-year-old or a 33-year-old is more accountable to their teammate than they are to somebody they only see at practice, right? You know, Adam Big Hill, Brandon Alexander, Willie Jefferson. uh, It was Andrew Harris, Zach Kolaris. Uh, it's, it's those leaders on the offensive line and in the receiving core, they hold each other to account. So Mike O'Shea doesn't have to go into the locker room and yell at everybody. Yeah. He's, he said that just the other day on his show. He said, uh, you know, I, I don't see that it works. It doesn't, you know, people, it works once. Ask, yeah. And then they, they tune ask, it out. Why are you right? yelling more? Have you ever had a classroom teacher that yelled all the time? You just, or a parent, you just tune you it eventually out because it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, which, which raises the big question. And here we are 80 minutes into our post game show. And this is the biggest question there is, uh, Steve Smith, who's watching live on (laughs) Facebook. What's going on, Steve? Mike O'Shea needs to get signed right now. Let's wrap the show, Zach, with thoughts on Mike O'Shea being in what is often referred to. And I don't think it's the case now. Lame duck the lame duck season, right? The lame duck coach in the final year of their contract. Mike O'Shea is already set to go down in history as one of the greats here in Winnipeg, if not the CFL. Well, he's already in the Hall of Fame. But I mean, as a coach, yeah, one of the greats. And he's now in the middle of his final season of his contract. So it has people asking, you know, Paul Friesen, the Winnipeg Sun, talked to Wade Miller about it. Wade Miller... Didn't say anything, and he's sticking with it. He's just saying, we'll deal with it at the end of the season. 
that could be a courtesy. This is just my take. That could yeah, be yeah. a courtesy to Mike O'Shea, just saying, hey, take your time. Do what you need to do. It could also be knowing that the door from the O'Shea camp, and again, just speculation, they want to leave the door open for him to make a move in his life. So, you know. Um, so you're saying there's speculation in the let's say that again. There's speculation in the O'Shea camp that they want to leave, they want to keep the door like, open. No, my speculation your is speculation that is you 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 don't sign a contract extension because you do want to go somewhere else. Like remember at the Grey Cup last year? Yeah, there was all that talk about Mike O'Shea going to Edmonton. Oh, they're going to make him, you know, the highest paid coach and and this and that, and he just swatted it away it was like yeah oh. no i'm not even thinking about that and you know i i can't see mike o'shea making a move to edmonton no nope. i can see mike o'shea making a move to toronto i can see him making a move back to southern really? ontario really yeah, eh? he, just because it's know, home it's home it's home i i know fans aren't going to want to hear that you know i i totally get it do you have any so not to put you on the spot but but i don't I have will, any I, no I, I completely disagree with you, and uh, I'll say why. But but let me ask you this. And, and by the way, we we can't finish on this point. We got to do our Walby's Warrior and right to the right. Yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Um, Vicky Short, bite your tongue, DB. <laughs> I love you, Vicky. And, and by the way, congratulations not only on the retirement, but you get to sit in my section, and that's amazing. No, you won the the golf package. Uh, what is it? Is it just because he's from Southern Ontario or do you have any other reason that you think he might leave? Well, his son was playing football at Guelph where Mike yeah. O'Shea also played football, Kyle Walters too. Um, you know, uh, I, I think being close to home is, is a huge appeal for anybody. Uh, but Mike O'Shea talks a lot about family. You know, he doesn't talk about his personal life much at all, if at all. Yeah. But you get the sense, you know, in, in working near him for years, you get the sense that family is important to him. And we got to remember, you know, like his wife and his children, they all, they're all from there. They all grew up there. They all have ties there. Uh, coming to Winnipeg is an opportunity for a special teams coordinator to put his stamp on the league, to put his stamp on his career, um, and to find success. And that's what he did. But could you tell me right now, Zach, could you tell me right now, a single team in the CFL that wouldn't want Mike O'Shea in their organization? Absolutely me, not. Of course, they one would. team, <clears throat> they would be they'd, like, no, we're good. We're good. They'd maybe be Cal as, maybe, maybe Calgary, maybe, maybe Calgary. Calgary? They'd be Maybe. as dumb as me in my 20s if, if they Maybe. thought that. I mean, really. And it didn't get much better in my 30s, although I'm, I'm almost out of there. But yeah, man, like... I hear you. Like maybe he wants to go home. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe part of him does want the GM role. He wants to move up. Uh, maybe he wants to do other things. I mean, he can. I, I heard... I think it, it was actually a Sportsnet article, funny enough, on O'Shea this week. I, I don't remember who wrote it that said, you know, he would Barker was talking about how O'Shea was making a killing in medical sales. Mm -hmm. Like he was doing right. well before he became the special teams coordinator, yeah. but he didn't, good, he was, was so article by Mike Kareen, really good. Article. Well, yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So, so uh, it was a great article. I was just surprised sports that a CFL article, but, but nothing against them, but, 
he, he was doing, he was making a killing. And when he came to Toronto and, and he was a special teams coordinator, he didn't have a playbook. He didn't use a playbook. He right. just relied on the guys to do things right. So he's an interesting it was, cat. It was just like a, it was like a mentality. It was like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. System. And it's like, if this happens, then we do this. Like there was no play calling. That's like me at home, by the way. Like I never have a plan. Like my wife has all the plans at home. I, I, I just have a mentality. I have a mentality. Today's going to be a good day for the, for the Schnitzer family. You know what I think about O'Shea is I think he will, I think he will stay here as long as he likes to coach. I think he is one of the most loyal, straightforward guys that I've ever seen or heard from. I think what he says, he means and what he means, he says, I, I think if he says he, he keeps wanting to coach, if he says he doesn't want it to be a distraction, I believe him a hundred percent. Maybe it's just me. I believe him. I think, I think you're going to see a statue like Bud Grant of O'Shea. I think he'll probably get three, four gray cups here at least. Maybe I'll eat my words someday. I think home for him is here now. I think he loves this team. He he loves the culture. <laughs> well, he, built the culture. he built the culture. I don't think he wants to be a GM. I, I just haven't got that sense from him. So I see him here for, for, for a like maybe I hope I hope to God, Darren. Not that mm-hmm. I Anyway, I'll, I'll leave my religious beliefs aside. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in something, but I, 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 I think it's going to become the Mike O'Shea coaching tree, just like the John Huffnagel coaching it, tree, the Bill Belichick. Be. You're going to see Buck Pierce get hired as an HC. You're going to. I saw a waiter say uh, Jordan Younger. Jordan Younger is a great, great coach. He's going to be a coach someday, him. right? Yeah. Uh, maybe but Boudreaux like- goes somewhere. But I think O'Shea stays, and I think it'll, it'll be like the Wally Buono effect. And uh, that's just what I see from him. This comment from Dennis, the question is, how much more money will Michael O'Shea get elsewhere? I don't think it's it's about money at all. I really, if it was I about don't money, he would have gone to Edmonton. They would have paid him, what, seven, like 700, 800,000? Do, do, do you think? Maybe Mike O'Shea wants to be a GM. Maybe he wants to be, you know, like like Orlando Steinauer is president of football operations and head coach, right? Um, I think Mike O'Shea just wants to this... win, just like his players. I think that's all he freaking cares about, man. Well, he's won a bunch. He's got a whole pile of rings. He is undefeated as a player Six and, and a coach oh. in Grey Cups. Six and and I think he's. I don't. I don't think his hunger is sated, buddy. I. I, I don't know when it will be. That very well may be. But look what he made in Winnipeg out of seemingly nothing. Yeah. He had a GM who knew what he was doing. They started from scratch. They cut all-stars. They cut guys that played another three, four, five years in the CFL. They just cut them. Javon Johnson, Jonathan Hefney. uh, There was a whole bunch. They just cut them. They're like, we're starting from scratch. We want a different direction. We want to really go be a blank slate. I don't think this has any, this is again, speculation purely. I don't think this has anything to do with money. It has everything to do with being where you want to be. Family, history, friends, everything. Um, 
You know, I know when Michael Shea came to Winnipeg, it was a huge uh, adjustment for him because he was a coordinator and a player in Toronto and Hamilton where the media scrutiny was much, much less than it was in, in Winnipeg. And he came to Winnipeg and, you know, in that first year or two, there were some growing pains. He made some comments about, uh, you know, like, like dealing with the media and that sort of thing. For sure. It was a learning curve for, for each side. You know, it was a learning curve for us. It was definitely a learning curve for me as a young reporter trying to, um, you know, do my job and, and learn uh, how to deal with somebody who did it very, very differently in Mike O'Shea. Um, but going back to Toronto, like somebody in the, in the comments said, does he want to coach in front of an empty stadium? Hmm. If he gets to, you know, spend time with his, his parents or his brothers and sisters or you know, his kids get to, you know, be with their friends or his wife gets to be with, with her friends or her family or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's the important thing. You know, life, family, and health is, is the most important thing. Work comes after that. We all know that. Um, mm -hmm. Mike O'Shea has made his mark. He probably has his opportunity to go anywhere he wants. Um, I think he would love to stay in Winnipeg, but I don't, speculate um i'm not saying he's leaving i'm not saying that i'm saying the door is open yeah his decision yeah, the door is definitely it. open 100 yeah. I, I you got to pull up lynn rhyme she's been rocking it all night defending your yeah. t-shirt and uh just she's been she might be the all-star tonight of the, of the chat i, I know it's, yeah. it's hard to take it from waiters uh but <laughs> yeah um i I don't know, man. I, I I hear what you're saying. I think he can he can leave Winnipeg in the off season and go hang out in North Bay. I I don't know, but I see. I just I have this gut feeling that I see him around for for another decade or two, and and he just he loves winning. He loves coaching, and uh, <laughs> waiters. <laughs> yeah. Nice waiters like that. Uh, when I would uh, love when, to when write a book or you write a book about O'Shea one day, man. Like I just, oh, I would love God. to get inside that guy's mind. I, I, I feel, like I don't know if, not I don't only know is if he, he, super he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to let anybody in, you know? Yeah. That's, but you know what he would though? Thing. He might let them in if he thinks it's going to help young coaches. He's that kind of guy. Like he's only going to do it. If some, if someone else is going to benefit, uh, I don't know, but I'd love to get inside his mind. I feel like, like I'm a big, you know, you know, I'm a therapist and all this stuff and I won't get into this too much, but I'm big into mindfulness and, and mindfulness plays a role in this Bombers team because it's one play at a time. They're always one and oh, all those cliches, that's being mindful of the moment, mm -hmm. right? Because, because if you're, if, if you're in the past or you're in the future, uh, you lose your opportunity in the present, Right. And there's mm -hmm. just there's there's a Zen of him that is unbelievable. And I think that that accounts for his uh, some somewhat accounts for his his magnetism as a leader. He's just so consistent. Leaders have to be. Uh, and, you know, uh, Donnie C. Sign guy. No, he's a professional in this field of leadership, but they've got to care. They've got to be competent and they've got to be consistent. And he's all three of those in spades. Like someone needs to, this is, this is a poster boy for effective leadership. He, he, we are watching, like I always talk about Kolaris and watching something special, right? Just, just yep. the talent, the it factor, all the things we talked about last time. 
O'Shea is someone special. Like he is someone extra special. And and when we're looking back on this, uh, when I can't go to spin class because I don't have any knees left or whatever it is, <laughs> we'll look back at O'Shea in the same way we look at back at Bud, Bud Grant. And we'll look back at Kolaris in the same way maybe we look back at Kenny Plain. That this is a golden era and that they're doing something very, very special. And maybe they're not all flashy about it. O'Shea is just the king of 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 subtlety and and I don't know what the word is, but he, he's subtle, he's soft spoken, and he's just confident, quietly confident, right? He's he's no uh, Jeff Reinbold, but yeah, man, he he's just uh, he's something else. I just love Mike O'Shea, and I love I love what he represents to the city of Winnipeg. And and the culture of the team, it's something even if you lose that you got to be proud of, man. Uh, Dennis uh, asked, does anybody know what Mike O'Shea makes? Uh, specifically, no. But generally speaking, head coaches and GMs in the CFL make about a half a million dollars a year. Could Similar be to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. By the way, if you want to sponsor the show. Hit the hotline. <laughs> please, please. 816 tips. 816-8477. Uh, $500,000, $600,000, $700,000. Um, you know, I imagine if you got a dual role like a Chris Jones, you're you're in the upper part of that. Um, but there is a football operations cap. You know, people right. in the live chat saying like, you know, money's the god of this world and Mike O'Shea's like anybody else and he'll go for the, the bigger paycheck. The reality is it, it's it's similar to, you know, players taking less money so they can build a good team around them. Um, you know, Mike O'Shea has always talked about having good coaches around him and, and veterans, and that's how he learned, you know, like Richie yeah. Hall and, um, you know, guys like that. Um, you can't pay a guy a million dollars. You can't. That's like a, you know, more than a third of the entire coaching cap. Yeah. Well, you're going to then just sign a bunch of rookie coaches and, you know. That's what BC did two years ago, right? With. uh, Yes. What's his, who's the DC? Devone Claybrooks, who's, who I think will, you'll see again. He's a great coach. He had a great, he was a great DC in Calgary, but it just shows how important it is to have the right players and the right mentality set by the GM and, and the head coach. Yeah. I mean, well, that's uh, that that filled some time, didn't it? Uh, yeah, that was great. I mean, yeah. I told you we could get to two hours, but I don't, I don't know. You seem. Set I, didn't know, on I don't even know. I don't know if we will. Let, yeah, let let's get into our Walby's Warrior Westwood's Wide to the Right and our Happy Honker Awards for yeah, baby. Week Seven Bombers Win Twenty Four Ten in Edmonton. Where, where do you want to start, Zach? Well, do we want to go one for one or do you want me to give you all four? Like, how do we want to do this? Let's go one for one because then, you know, people can compare and contrast. Okay. So I'll I'll do Wallaby's Warrior as Dalton Schoen. Nice. Four catches for 136 yards and a touchdown. And the best part of it all, he made Deron Carter look like a geriatric old man on the field that we knew he was. Nothing yeah. wrong with being geriatric, but I just love it that Deron Carter <laughs> was made to look like a dummy on that play. Yeah, it was just beautiful. Uh, it, it'll be on one of the top ten plays of the year, I think, and I think just shown 
someone had to step in for Ellingson. He likes to throw to slot backs, does Zach Kolaris. And I think Schoen just brought it. And he he was the engine of that offense. And he's yeah. in his first freaking year. Donka Schoen. It's Dalton Schoen. Yeah. It's beyond impressive. That's a, a good Walby's Warrior. I will move over to the defensive side of the football and I will give Walby's Warrior to somebody who finally got rewarded for their outstanding play despite really not being talked about too much, which is a good thing. And that is defensive back Dietrich Nichols. He was in a, you know, a, a very unique zone style blitz um blitzing type uh, formation at that time or positioning uh, a tipped ball came right to him and, and he was able to get an interception. Nobody's throwing at Dietrich Nichols this season. It says everything about how good he is as yeah. a guard. And by guard, I don't mean offensive lineman. I mean about guarding receivers and running backs. Uh, few can do it as well as him. Uh, I see him as a absolute runaway all-star so far in 2022, uh, Dietrich Nichols, you're my Walby's warrior for. I think that's tonight. an awesome pick, man. Uh, I I think he deserves it, and it's nice. It, it is nice when a guy who doesn't get thrown to. It's like when you don't talk about the O line because because they didn't do anything wrong, right? <clears throat> we don't talk about Dal- uh, We don't talk about Nichols because he's just that good. There's nothing to talk about. There's no plays because no one. It's like Delvin Bro back in his heyday, right? Um, I mean, you you could do a uh, honorable mention to Willie Jefferson. He was a yep. beast tonight, knocking down three balls. Uh, okay, why uh, Westwood's wide to the right is actually <laughs> someone saying it's Deron Carter. Uh, no, I'm not going to say Deron Carter. I am going to say like you could easily say it was that penalty they took on Legio, which extended that nine minute and twenty seven second drive. But yeah. really, for me, it was in the third, at the end of the third quarter, one score game. Uh, Stephen McAdoo called that that throw on second and two when you have a massive, massive man and Taylor Cornelius, Mount Cornelius. All he has to do is fall forward. He'd done it three or four times on second and two. They don't even use a wedge package, short yardage package. They don't even need it, and he threw the ball against the dark side defense. And and Jefferson bats it down. They 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 go on to miss a makeable field goal. They get one point. It's then 17-10. And I thought to myself, that is one they're gonna look at and just kick themselves. I thought that was just silliness. I thought it was uh the coach out co- out coaching himself and McAdoo. You saw it last week in Calgary. It's just something that the bombers don't do, and that's why they won this game, I think. Yeah. No, I, 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 that's a good one. I I won't say I completely agree because I think, um, you know, I'll I'll agree with Brandon Rodriguez, who's watching live on YouTube. Brandon Brandon. says it right. Wide to the right is another roughing the (laughs) kicker penalty by the Elks and another being another, you know, same thing that happened with the Stampeders last week, giving the Blue Bombers a touchdown. That's my Westwood wide to the right, because that's a huge, huge blunder uh, that could have kept you know, it could have kept this game a lot closer than it was. Um, but um, yeah, well, you got a uh, happy honker award. But by, by the way, it was actually contacting the kicker. Right. Same thing. I know. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Quarter to one in the morning here in Winnipeg. 
Okay, yeah, I'm just being a I'm just being a wanker. As our as our friend uh Frank Horsley in Nottingham would say, he was a big bomber fan, but I think it's uh I think it's seven in the morning there. I don't think he can he can <laughs> watch that's our the beauty game. Of, that's the beauty of Bonfire Sports. Well, I hope he's watching a, you uh, can watch delay. the replay, you can check out the podcast, links to all that, bonfiresports.ca. <laughs> Uh, just search for Bonfire Sports on your favorite podcast app. It's there. Oh, it's there. And and, and I guess we already. People. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's all you. You get it out there quickly, man. I do. You're the best like I Nick can. Taylor. It's it's speedy. Like you just get it out there. Uh, love. I love the and I listen to the podcast the sec the like the 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 next day every day because because mm-hmm. I'm a narcissist. I like to listen to it. No, <laughs> I actually listen to it because. I, I told you, Darren, I joined your team because I wanted to create a show that I would like to listen to. And literally, I listened to it because I like the content. I listened to it the next day. It could yeah. be uh, Scott Roger talking. It could be Winnipeg Gordo. It could be Terrell Hintz, Lynn Reimer, Christopher Matt. It could be Danny, Andrea. I don't know who could be talking. Uh, I don't care. It, it just happens to be me. But I love the content, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love listening to it, but it's fun, right? We're just having a good fun, time, man. We're having a good time talking about football burning point. I think we should keep that. And I know we already oh, talked about bonfire it, burning it, point. The bonfire burning point hashtag turning point was, uh, was, I, I think that's an easy one. That's the legs hit. Um, Leggio getting hit again. <laughs> I don't know if he sold it, but uh, Mac Henry was having a pretty good game. I think he almost blocked that punt. Waiters is saying, I oh. think he had a sack. I don't know, but, but, you know, you, you you have a chance to take that that team off the field and maybe kick a long field goal that maybe they miss. They're only up one score, 70-10, and then sure. that turns into uh, the Drew Brown touchdown. I will give my bonfire burning point to Dalton Schoen's 41 yak yards <laughs> on his touchdown that made it 17 six. Uh, I, that was right before the end of the second quarter, right going into half. You want to talk about momentum and this and that and the other, the, the bombers played much better in the second half. Yeah. That was a, just like a, a, a real right hook to yeah. the Edmonton Elks chin. That's a good point. And um, yeah, that's my burning point for, for this one. Cause I think, uh, I think that's when really they, they said, okay, Enough playing around. Let, let's let's put the pedal down. Um, okay, happy honker. Well, uh, I don't know if fans are going to be mad at me. By the way, uh, do we do? Are we attributing the burning point officially to? This is hilarious. Jeff, Jeff Kabilis is it Jeff Kabilis? Yeah, brought to you by the Kabilis gas mask bong. <laughs> okay, he's going to get a shout out on. Uh, <laughs> He's going to get a shout out. On what a Twitter. jab that is, man. Oh, man. Oh, Scott Roger. That's good. Like the Bombers D denying points after turnovers. DB, you talked about that right at the beginning. Like that's massive after the two picks. Like what? They go two and out and then, and then what? The uh, three, three and like a 24 yard strike to Kenny Lawler and then, yeah. and then two plays and they were out. Yeah. That defense, uh, we'll, we'll be writing books about them too. Not, not, not me. I can't write. Um, okay. Happy Honker, actually. I don't know. I don't know if this is off base, but I am actually going to go to the other team for this. I, I am going to give a shout out to to Taylor Cornelius. Like I said, he accounted uh, throwing the ball and running the ball. I believe Darren, it was almost three hundred yards of offense. He he wasn't just throwing like last year when you saw him play the Bombers. He was keying in on his first read. He was just throwing there. He he was without Darrell Walker tonight. He 
you know, I thought he managed the offense very well. He had a few very long drives, 23 first downs, 230-something yards, uh, 49 yards rushing or something, you said. I, I I thought I thought he commanded the offense well. He 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 beat Rose a few times on the field side. When when a quarterback throws to the field side, I feel like they're looking at the whole field because that's a bigger, longer throw, and he's got a he's got a good arm. Less now, less now. Yeah, maybe less now, but um, yeah. I mean, sure, Turk, you're right, Turkinator. He didn't he didn't get in the end zone, but you know he nearly did if he would have thrown it inside on on Lawler he missed that one a bit but Zach missed one too so i'm going to give him my happy honker and i do hope as long as it's not at the expense of us more at the expense of the riders i hope the elks uh overtake them uh, and it's and it's i just hope the elks could turn it around even though everybody you know seems to have a polarized relationship with chris jones i chris I, jones, I do yeah. he you remember in Saskatchewan that first year was a tire fire, but he turned that team around. He he got within millimeters of taking them to the Grey Cup in 2017 yeah. through the crossover. So I think it's nice to see uh, Cornelius and Edmonton is full of great people. the The president is great. The fans are great. Uh, the Turf District podcasts are friends in Edmonton. They're just awesome people, and so I, I I just hope that Taylor Cornelius keeps improving and that he beats that he beats the crap out of the riders when he plays them. Is that coming up soon? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I'm not even sure. Let's Sunday's game. Oh, my God. That Sunday's is going to be game. interesting. Yeah. What does that mean? Who are, are they starting at quarterback? Dola Gala? Yeah. That's like a Roman emperor. <laughs> one of, maybe he's probably one of those Roman Something emperors like that. that lasted like two days and then got murdered. I don't know, man. But Something anyway, like who's riders, your happy honker? Riders. Riders in Edmonton, Saturday, August 13th. I hope to goodness that is the first home win. Yeah. Uh, okay, my uh, happy honker award, I'm going to give it to somebody who has taken a lot of flack, who um, I think maybe we didn't talk enough about tonight. Uh, I'm giving the happy honker to Brady Oliveira. 13 Ooh. carries thirteen carries for 62 yards. Yeah. Okay. It hits as high of the, of the season, um, but 4.8 yards per carry, and his yeah. long was 10. Yeah. So that is a legit average, not like blown up by like a 50-yard run or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Brady Oliveira ran hard. I saw, especially early in the game, he ran with purpose. Uh, I know I got it in my notes here kind of late in the second quarter, started to struggle a little bit, um, but... I think people should be happy with what they saw from Brady Oliveira tonight. So there's your happy honker award. And I'm going to give you a happy honker because of all the four categories we talk about, the warrior, the wide to the right, the burning mm-hmm. point, the happy honker. Every time you've said one, everyone, Andrea, Andrea, Jeff, waiters, Lynn, they're like, oh, great choice, DB, great choice, DB. <laughs> all of mine, absolutely, F all, nothing. Well- <laughs> come on well hey maybe you're you're a fan right you've always been a fan you continue to be a fan that's who you are and, and that's great i always try to do my job as a non-fan to the benefit of the fans i watch the game with the sole purpose in mind of what do fans need to know what yeah. do fans need to know is important a journalist's number one job, and I'm not saying like I'm a journalist, 
Like there's real journalists out there doing like real work. Oh, come I'm on. in the toy box. I'm in the toy box as people often refer to it. I'm just having fun talking sports. But as somebody who is an objective observer, I like job number one is what's important. What do people need to know? And that's how I watch the game. So, you know, I'm happy people are uh, in agreement. That's all I'll say. Well, and even though you are a pro, I know you uh, self-deprecate, you are an approachable guy. And if you ever hit up DB on, on Twitter, on his DMs <laughs> or text him, He's one of the, he's one of, he's a true CFL journalist because he's approachable. He's a nice guy. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, I was looking back at my Twitter way back. Like I sent you a message years ago and you even responded. He's a, he's a good dude. He's a good Winnipeg dude. Yeah. I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you sometime. But uh, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. I met you at a uh, uh, an event, an, another sporting event, and you you came up and talked to me. Yeah, man, we have a long history. How about that? But but I your objective, your objective. But I am the chart master. Thank you, Denis. The the beautiful <laughs> chart. I think I've hit on a winner here. Six uh, six portions. O D and special teams for each for each quarter for each team. I think uh, I think I'm going places. I'm going, I'm charting. Going I'm going to be charting. Hey, there, there's worse places to be going than going charting. <laughs> uh, well, what a what an ugly game that was. An ugly win for the Blue Bombers. But they're 7-0. They will come home and try to regroup, get healthy. Lots of guys kind of on the verge of returning to the lineup. Uh, Ellingson, Jeffcoat, uh, Jesse Briggs, Dakota Prukup. We'll see if that um, you know, helps shore things up a little bit. Carlton Agadosi, hoping to get an update on him. Uh, maybe as early as Tuesday when Zach, you and I do bonfire midweek, uh, live at seven 30. Um, yeah. but, uh, this was a ton of fun. I mean, yeah, uh, Friday night can't beat it. A Saturday morning can't beat it either. And, That's uh, right. shout out to Lynn Reimer for, for joining us for your first post game. I hope you join every time you're killing it on the chat. And... David Froze, happy honker. David Froze, sorry. Refs thanking crew for adjusting the clock. <laughs> Did that happen? That's cute. I don't That's know. a cute CFL thing. Anyway. Yes, we look forward to uh, to uh, midweek, folks. It's going to be great. Like, We're look gonna... at this. Like, it, it's one in the morning. And, <laughs> like, the live chat is as lively as ever. Like, just speaks to how engaged people are here on Bonfire. Uh, what an awesome football community, sporting community, people community we have here in yeah. Southern Manitoba. It's, it's awesome. And for everybody that's, you know, watching and listening, uh, you know, from areas far away, you're part of it too. Uh, that's why Zach and I do this. It's for you. It's so we can all kind of enjoy, come together and, uh, you know, talk about uh, the best game on earth and that's football. Hell yeah, baby. People Love. will disagree with me with that. I know I'm in Winnipeg. I, I know that. <laughs> Oh no, man! Uh, Football—it's—it's it's, uh, the best team sport in the world. So, and uh, our our Jets could could learn a little bit from our culture, you know. Mm, I'm ju- just yes. saying, just teeing up your maybe some interesting juicy Jets content. Darren's going to get into in the winter. We'll we'll oh, see. Yeah, little tease. Uh, if we'll only I knew. If only I knew uh, about Jet stuff. Maybe I could just be like the uh, the clown on the show or something. I don't know. Like, I have opinions. 
I, I think there's already enough clowns at the Jets games and, and on Twitter and, uh, you know, in, 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 you know, just in, in the community. But uh, I will tease this. NHL.com. Uh, yes. Very likely these three stories I will write in the coming weeks. Uh, Chaz Lucius. Catch up with him after his first NCAA season. The Winnipeg Jets first round pick last year. His brother was a fourth-round pick of the Carolina Hurricanes this year in 2022, so I'll catch up with him. I'm going to write a story about Brad Larson, the Swedish uh, player the Blue uh, Blue Bombers, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, took in the first round, the late first-round pick they had from the Andrew Kropp trade. Um, and I will talk to, I'll, do, I'll write a piece on uh, Rutger McGrory, and I'll get a proper pronunciation from him for us broadcasters here. Uh, that'll be covering the Jets. But uh, we'll get the latest on Rutger McGrory. Um, and I'll, I'll write those stories. Uh, so keep it locked to my Twitter and uh, NHL.com. Yeah, I know Tamara is a big fan of the Jets. She'll be she'll be locked in uh, a lot of a lot of of course people are fans of the Jets. They love the Jets. Your stuff is great, yeah. Darren. Yeah, check them out. And folks, what one last word for me? I'm at 891 followers on Twitter, and I only need nine more. So oh. know someone who, who who's looking for a 890? follow. Um, 891. I'm close. Okay. We got to get I, you like 110 more. Yeah, That's I need a thousand in order to to fulfill my <laughs> the vacuous, deep, desperate hole in my soul. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about that another <laughs> another show. I would appreciate nine more, and I will follow you back. So uh, at Zach Schnitzer 48, follow me. I want 900. I don't know. There's no reason for it. I just want it. Okay. And, uh, hey, once you get to a thousand, then they just come flowing. That's in. what you said, but yeah. my but my mom also said I'd be five ten. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, Zach Schnitzer forty eight. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Adam Droward, thank you for correcting me. Lambert, what did I say? Larson. Did it's you say Adam Brad, Lambert? The, I think it's from, Brad Larson. It's Brad American Larson. Idol? Yeah, I'll get it straight. I'm going to write a story on him, so I, I better get it straight. Holy cow. Live on YouTube. Uh, quite a bumble from the football guy. Uh, well, I can't wait for your Jets on, content, on. buddy. I, I I like reading you you and Murat Atesh. Yeah. Uh, well, I like I like a lot of great a lot of great Jets content in Winnipeg. Adam, I know you were asking earlier for an update on Brandon Alexander. We talked about it earlier in the show, but I'll quickly let you know. Um, probably not anytime soon. Um Maybe after Labor Day, we'll we'll see how uh, Brandon Alexander uh, returns to practicing, uh, which he has still not done yet. Uh, yeah, the uh, Kachuk traded to the uh, Florida Panthers. Jonathan Uberdo amongst uh, a pretty healthy package. Oh, really? For Brad for living in the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I Uberdo. think Calgary got away got away with a good one. Yeah, really good trade. Yeah, but um, let's digress. We'll take a shot. And sign off. <laughs> the Bombers win 24-10. It was ugly. It was strange. It was weird. But it was a win. For the W, they continue to roll 7-0 uh, and on the season. The real test is going to be one week from today. That is Friday night in Calgary. The Stamps are coming off a bye. They will be rested. They will have a bitter, nasty taste in their mouth from a game. They were this close to tying with 45 seconds left. In Winnipeg, uh, it's going to be a Wild West showdown at McMahon next week. 
And I, Ed, Denny, I'll show you my chart one more time because I, I love you, buddy. Um, I will be in Calgary, tantalizingly close to McMahon, Darren, that very night. But it's my brother-in-law's wedding. So if, if I want to be married and, and have a nice family, which is what you say is the most important thing, I don't know. It might be the Bombers for me. Uh, I, I can't go to the game. <laughs> I'll be on my phone looking at it, uh, you know, maybe maybe when people are walking down the aisle. We'll see. Poor Zach. So close yet so far. But yeah. uh, great, well, and great. You know what? Adam, Adam is is like my master copy editor tonight Uh-oh. because he's directing me again Saturday night in Calgary. Wow. It is a week from today now that it's Saturday morning. Uh, I was looking... Uh, well, I was looking at something else. I like I this, I Adam. At- I, you got to, he's always on the chat, but you got to stay, it's, you got to keep DB in check. Yeah. I got to get, I got to get like, you know, I don't, I didn't even eat before the game. So like blood yeah, sugars dude. are running low. Uh, I'm pretty much, my, my mug says it right now. <laughs> hey, we made it. We almost made it to two hours. I, you know, it was like, it was like uh, when you get a substitute teacher and you want to just keep them talking about their dogs so you don't have to do any work. <laughs> right, That's so what I was doing to see if we could get to, right. get to two hours. And like, you can't not get to two hours because we're 14, 13, 12 seconds away. But yes, we are. Uh, Lynn, Lynn Reimer will be at the game. Waiters will be there. If you're going to be there, you know, give us a shout out at Bonfire Sports. We want to see you. We want to get a picture. Uh, they're going to need some extra help if they played like they did tonight. They're going to need some fan support. But I, I will talk on midweek, Darren. I think, I think they'll pull themselves together and make a game of it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, well, can't wait to talk to you folks on Tuesday. Larry, they make about six grand uh, total for winning a playoff game and then the Grey Cup. So uh, nice little bonus for uh, the guys. Just to quickly answer his question. Okay, hey. Let's do it on Tuesday. As you said, we're going to be right back here next week, Saturday night, after the Bombers-Stampeders rematch at McMahon pregame, as always, the day before the game. So Friday, 3 o'clock, Chris Walby will join me right here on Bonfire Sports. Zach, I'll see you Tuesday night at 7.30 for Bonfire Midweek, following a a little Sunday night football uh, with the Stamps and Riders. That's going to be... That's going to be fun to watch, my friend. And good night, Phyllis. Thank you for joining every time. And she's going to try and get there, too. So I'm going to give a shout out to Phyllis. All right. Cheers, everybody. Have a great night. Sayonara.